Welcome to Messy Marriages, sharing stories of messy moments in marriages and how we make the most of our mistakes. We will undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. What are the concerns and questions most couples have in marriage and often go unspoken until now? Host Mark Lucas brings wisdom, authenticity, and practical advice to even the toughest marriage topics. Welcome to Messy Marriages. Mark Lucas here. Thanks so much for joining us. What a beautiful opportunity we have week in and week out to discuss marriage. Marriage is the most intimate, the most sacred relationship that God would ever create. And we have a show and an opportunity to be authentic, to be real, to bring God's Word into the center of all of these conversations. My heart and desire and my prayer for you listening in right now is that God would use these conversations to minister to you, to remind you that it is always worth it to fight for our marriages. Coming from a guy that's been in ministry for about 17 years inside of the church, it's one of the areas that Satan attacked the most was the marriage. So this show is about taking the mistakes, the things that we do inside of our marriage, learning from those mistakes, giving them to God, and allowing God to make them his beautiful, redemptive masterpiece. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us week in and week out. Today's conversation, again, I'm going to be the first one. This is Captain Obvious Statement. I am not a mom. But really, we wanted to have a conversation. I've got the perfect guest to do this. And the conversation is around, as you become a mom, the joy in becoming a mom. There's these moments in motherhood where our purpose, our identity, understanding truly what we are doing in the kingdom, how we're impacting the church, how we're impacting the community around us, sometimes those things get fuzzy. Sometimes they're a little bit out of clarity. So this show is going to be all about how we bring God's Word to infuse your purpose and your clarity back to understanding your identity as a mom and how God can do exponentially more than we could ever imagine or dream right now in this very season of motherhood. So i got the perfect guest. I've got Erica Wiggenhorn with us. She's been on before. She's become just a dear sister in Christ. She writes Bible studies and teaches biblical principles for life change. I love that. She's passionate about God's Word and its ability to transform us personally along with relationships. Erica, thanks so much for being my guest today. I'm so excited to be here again. It's really good to have you back. So today on the show, you're going to walk us through some scenarios of different career moms. Yes. I think we'll just jump into that first one right now, and then I'll just interject. Again, I'm not a mom, but I'll just interject some thoughts that I have. But thank you again for having this conversation with our beautiful Faith Talk listening audience, and specifically the moms listening in right now. Yeah, so when I think of a career mom, there's really three types of women that uh, I can visualize. The first one is the woman who had a career. Maybe she really loved her career even, uh, spent years preparing for it, and decided that once she became a mom, she was going to focus on motherhood and her home. And so she left her career. And in that process, she's feeling a little like she has a lack of identity. Um, The second career mom is uh, maybe the mom who 
never really had a career or but has dreams of one. She has something in her heart that she feels passionate about. She longs to do. Uh, Maybe she wrestles with a little bit of guilt that she's not finding satisfaction and significance in her job as a mom and is dreaming about something else that might feel more important. Um, And the third one is the career mom who is balancing um, raising her kids, taking care of her home, being a wife, being a mom, but also has a career. And it could be, you know, a side hustle that she is figuring out at home during nap time, um, or it could be a full-time job. And she wrestles with the guilt of just not being enough as a mom because she's so stretched thin, or she wrestles with resentment because she feels like her spouse is able to fully focus on his career, but she has to be torn between these two worlds. I've been all three of those, by the way. Perfect. Well, that's a really good landscape of pretty much all the moms listening in right now. So let's walk through, if you want, we'll just start with the career mom number one. Sure. And we'll just start unpacking that. Sure. I'll let you jump into it. So career mom number one, she she can kind of fall a little bit into uh, number uh, two as well. But one of the things that I was really a comfort to me in Scripture, when I look at all of God's greats in Scripture, they all have this season of what I call mundane Midian which is where, you know, Moses fled. He's living this life of obscurity. He's become a family man now. He's doing the same thing. You know, he wakes up, he herds the sheep, he feeds the sheep, he takes the sheep to water. You know, he lets him get some exercise and then he comes back home, you know. And this is Moses's life for 40 years, right? After he's been a a prince, right? And, you know, pretty, pretty boring, pretty routine. Um, I think, as moms, we feel that way a lot, but but you know what? We see all of God's greats go through that season of mundane minion, right? We see Gideon making ancient PB&Js hiding out in a cave, right? We see Elijah drinking muddy water from a wadi. We see Paul wandering around in Arabia. We see Esther hunkered down in a harem, like you know, I'll take the PB and J's in the laundry over the harem. You know, we see Ruth meandering around through Moab. The reality is, is that God does something so significant in mundane Midian. And if we're just constantly focused on when am I going to get out of mundane Midian, we're going to lose what God is doing in that in this season of mundane Midian. And some of the things that I see that God does in that season in, in his great, powerful people that he raises up to do mighty kingdom work is these people learn to listen to God's voice. They're often alone in their own head, in their own thoughts, in their own dreams, in their own questions and doubts. And that is the perfect place to begin to listen to God's voice. The other thing that I see is that in this season of mundane Midian, these people develop a deep friendship with God. They are talking to God about 
their thoughts. They're talking to God about their feelings. They're bringing their honest cries to the Lord. We see this especially like in the life of David, right? He's hopscotching from cave to cave to cave, you know, waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled. And he's just pouring out his heart to God. And what does God say? He's like, this is a man after my own heart, right? So one of the things in Mundane Midian is we we just learn to develop this deep friendship with God, to be authentic with God, to be honest about the things that are hard for us and the things that make us cry at night and that we worry about and have anxiety over. And the third thing that I see God do in Mundane Midian in the lives of his greats is he forges these deep friendships, these deep relationships. You know, um, Moses had Joshua and Elijah had Elisha and Paul had Silas and Timothy and Esther had Mordecai and Ruth had her mother-in-law and and David had his, you know, his fighting men. And in the Midian is when we have more time to really just focus on building relationships instead of building a career. And what we also see is, on the other side of it, is how God specifically ends up using those people in their lives to help them fulfill their calling. So one of the things I think that we can, when we feel like life is very routine, very boring, very mundane, very futureless, is develop that friendship with God learn to listen to his voice, but look around you and say, who has God placed in my life in this season right now that I can form a deep relationship with, a deep friendship with? Obviously, your spouse should be at the top of that list. Um, But but God in his great mercy as women, he always is surrounding us with other women who just get being a woman. And so begin looking around. Who is who is a mentor God is sending you? Who is someone to disciple that God is sending you? Who is just a, a good friend to keep your eyes focused and your heart joyful in the midst of the mundane? Yeah, that's so well said. And I look back on the life of Moses, and I love the way that you put all that. But you look at this kind of mundane Midian. And as far as I know, and you'll be able to, to speak into this because you do know, I think he was— at 40, he left to go there, and he didn't return and start really doing the things that we read about until he was 80. So that's the 40 years. And you think about 40 to 80, you think about those should be like the prime years of Moses. Sure. But yet in the midst of that, you're so spot on. When you look at the patriarchs of our faith, the reality is, is there is this deep preparation that came and was fostered out of this deep intimacy and relationship with our Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful opportunity we have to really connect and abide with Jesus in this deep relationship and to foster and to cultivate this friendship, like you said, with the Lord, and to know those conversations in the car as you're driving, and maybe the kids are in the back, or whenever it is throughout the day, in between vacuuming or cleaning or picking up groceries, there's all these opportunities to really just be intimate and to connect with God as friend and to spend time in his presence and to see the deep preparation. I mean, we don't know because we can't read about it, but I think in those 40 years, there were deep, intimate relationships that I'm sure Moses had with the people that were around him in that village. We don't read about it, so we don't know, 
but he's obviously ministering and pouring into them. We just get kind of caught up in the awe and the miracles and all everything mm-hmm. else we read, which happens from 80 on. But the reality is great things, I'm sure, happen in that preparation time. So, And I also love that you said, pray and ask God, who are the relationships that are around me? A mentor, somebody that might be on my son's soccer team or in the PTO at school, God will open our eyes if we pray the prayer and ask for wisdom and discernment and guidance for the Lord to align us and lead us to the right sisters in Christ and women to be able to walk life with as ambassadors in Christ. So I love this, Mom, and I love the perspective that you're sharing. Thank you. I really do. You want to jump to the second career, Mom? Sure. Okay. Second career mom, uh, I have a dream in my heart, and I feel guilty. Even, you know, thinking about it, I feel torn. I feel like I should feel like this moment has has significance. What I'm doing has value. Um, and I and I think we struggle with that so much because our culture really doesn't value the role of motherhood. Um, and so what we sort of naturally try to do if if you're kind of a type a person like i am maybe maybe you don't do this i'll just confess all my sins to you (laughs) Uh, as a type a mom because i have sort of set aside my goals what i ended up doing is really setting goals for my children and then really trying to push them to achieve certain goals and achieve certain successes because then I felt like as a mom I was moving forward. And that was a real eye-opening moment for me when God brought that to my attention. And I think one of the things that I think is so hard as moms is we are taught that if you are a good mom, if you are a good Christian mom, you are utterly selfless. And selflessness is being like Jesus. And the reality is, is Jesus was not selfless. Jesus was very self-aware. Jesus was very aware of what he was called to do and what he was not called to do. When he stepped into a crowd, he knew the one person he was to heal and he knew the 10,000 he was to pass by. He knew when he needed to go up on a mountain to pray and rest. He knew when he needed to sleep. Uh, Even though there's a storm raging around him, he's taking a nap because he's tired. He knew when he needed to eat something. Um, He knew when he didn't need to eat and go do something else. And so Jesus was incredibly self-aware of who he was and what he came to do. And he was incredibly self-aware of when he needed something physically or spiritually or emotionally to continue to carry out that kingdom work. And the beauty of motherhood is, is we have the ability in this this messy middle or this mundane Midian or whatever you want to call it, to begin to develop this dialogue with God where he gives us permission to have this self-awareness and to go to him with our needs. Because a lot of the time we are alone with little ones or teenagers who really don't think that like you actually have a need as a human, Um, (laughs) and God. And so 
use this time to learn how to develop this authentic relationship with God where you're saying, God, I'm tired. God, I'm weary. God, I'm feeling like the last thing I want to do is another load of laundry. I feel invisible today. Or I just feel empty today, God. I just feel like I don't have anything left to give. Um, That's part of this season. And it's a beautiful thing because the reality is, and what we see again in all of God's greats, is that because they were able to develop this authentic relationship with God, this friendship with God where they could be very self-aware and bring their needs to him, as God opened up new doors of, of ministry and kingdom work, because they had developed this habit they were able to carry out the call with confidence and with courage and with excellence. And so take this time, take this time to begin to talk to God about what you need and where you feel like you're lacking and empty. That's so well said. And I think for a lot of listeners listening right now, even for myself, there's a bit of a paradigm shift because a lot of times we fall into maybe a trap as a mom or even as a parent, but as a mom right now specifically, where we kind of believe this false understanding of what selflessness is. And we feel that we really don't deserve maybe or need to be able to feel comfortable sharing our needs or expressing those needs or whatever it might be. But it's a self-awareness. And I love the way that you put that. It's the self-awareness that we've got to come to God with those specific needs, give them to the Lord, and then have those conversations with God. Go to Scripture. Gain clarity in those things. And I think that ties into when you said we need to value motherhood, but when you you went on to say this, and I wrote it down, what are your legacy goals for your kids, for your marriage, for your family? When we start to go to God and seek clarity in His Word regarding these legacy questions, it infuses us with energy and passion and this vivacious spirit to see in a much deeper, clearer way our purpose as a mom. And what are we doing to create disciplines and habits to be able to carry out that legacy each and every month, each and every week? What are things we're doing together as a family to do this? How do we celebrate this and celebrate the wins in doing this? So there's deep, profound purpose that happens when we carry out and we really gain clarity in those legacy questions. So I love that you said that. I do want to make sure we have enough time for Career Mom 3. So jump into 3 there. So Career Mom 3 uh, is is the woman who either, you know, she's she's got her side hustle at home, um, running a business out of her home, something part-time, uh, or she is working full-time and she's just trying to balance it all. And that can cause a lot of tension in your marriage, especially because generally speaking, and I don't want to focus on generally, generally our, our spouses, our husbands are, you know, their career is kind of number one in the home and our career is sort of viewed as something supplementary or something, you know, for some extra cash for this or that or we supply the vacation fund. Um, not always. It can be flip-flopped. But but most of the time, that's sort of the dynamic of it. And because 
maybe the husband is the one who produces more of the income, the tangible dollars, um, we can feel like our career is not as important or it's not as meaningful. And so when we feel like the jobs aren't shared at the home, um, we, we wrestle with resentment or we struggle with resentment. And I think going back to what you were talking about, Mark, with this whole concept of legacy is if you're struggling with that, I think, you know, taking some time to either get away overnight with your spouse. Um, Jonathan and I have tried to do this uh, once a year for all the years of our marriage, which are way more than 17. Oh, <laughs> but I'm almost 18. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but you know, sitting down and saying, you know, what is our legacy? What are our goals for our family? And then that really puts your both of your careers into perspective of an overall umbrella of purpose. Because at the end of the day, you know, I go back to that verse over and over again, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in truth. I could speak at a thousand churches and write a hundred Bible studies, but if my children don't follow the Lord, I'm going to have so many regrets because at the end of the day, like those were the two humans entrusted to me way before a career. And so take that time to step aside, sit down with your spouse, figure out a working schedule, figure out... What is the real purpose happening here? Because we can get really distracted by to-do lists and we forget what we're doing all the to-dos for. So I would really challenge you if you're struggling, say, hey, can, can we go out to dinner? Can we take a night away? Can we really sit down and talk about where are we going as a family? What are our goals? What are our spiritual goals? What are our goals for our children? What do we see our children needing from us as their parents? What does our own marriage need? Um, you know, and, and really just talking through that and how do each of these jobs that we hold, these roles, fit into our overall purpose? Because our jobs are not necessarily our purpose. We might be fulfilling part of our purpose through that role, but our our job is just a role. We have a bigger purpose, and that purpose comes from God, not a job title. Yeah, that's so well said. And I know for me and our family, when my wife and I, Tammy and I, began to discuss the passages like, what does it look like for us at home to teach up and train up our children in the way of the Lord, so that when they are older, they will not depart from that. And that needs to be really the central primary focus of what we're doing in family time, in dinner time, even incorporating that into vacation time. How do we really create beautiful habits that exercise this great joy when we start to see our beautiful kiddos begin to understand who is God? their identity in Christ, understanding their unique gifts, understanding these communicable attributes and shared attributes with God and how they can reflect those in the day. When we start to have those moments and those conversations, and I love and I agree wholeheartedly, I love the idea of getting away with your spouse once a year. I think that's a really safe benchmark that we can we can probably fulfill that. And getting away and having these 
kingdom-minded conversations about legacy. And both of you guys having the support of each other, having collaboration, having prayer together over this, this will infuse deep joy and deep purpose into all moms right now that are listening in. And I think so often what happens, and I'll be the first one to admit this, even working 17-plus years inside of the church, there's a lot of times where I understood what my mission statement was for the church that I served at. Mm. But when somebody about 10 years ago asked me, hey, what's your mission statement for your marriage? Uh, uh, I had no response. Hey, what's your mission statement for how you parent? Uh, I mean, I had a verse maybe to throw at it, but no real practical outworking of how that was really being crystallized in our home. So when you say that, I completely applaud. If I could do a backflip, I would off this desk right now, but I completely agree. Give them your website because I want them to know you have a book even in the making. You've got several books, one that I've read. Share your website, how they can find out more information about you, Erica. Uh, So you can connect with me on my website at ericawigginhorn.com. That's E-R-I-C-A-W-I-G-G-E-N-H-O-R-N. I'd love to meet you there. Thank you so much for being my guest. Have an amazing day. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Messy Marriages, a show dedicated to making the most out of your mistakes. Mark would love to send you his weekly Marriage Monday video. Please go to marklucasradio.com and sign up for his weekly marriage video. Follow him at Mark Lucas Radio on Instagram.